It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world, but there's even more here than meets the eye. In addition to the Strip and downtown, there are plenty of local places hosting entertainment and much more throughout the Las Vegas Valley. Finding out what's happening and where can be a challenge, but a new website promises to change all that. The List.Vegas was recently launched by my guest, Andrew Parali who is a native Las Vegan and a longtime writer and editor here. For everything about The List, go to list.vegas and follow them on Instagram. And Andrew, besides welcome to the show, can you change your name? It's hard to pronounce. (laughs) I'll get to work on that. (laughs) Okay. All right. The obvious question, why did you decide to launch The List.Vegas? Well, there's kind of two answers to that. And um, one requires me to kind of time travel back into time. And that has to do with um, how I came up in Las Vegas in terms of growing up here, both, you know, personally and professionally. And um, I became a journalist in the 90s in the, you know, the sort of golden era of alternative weekly newspapers. And one thing I loved about the alt weeklies, you know, like um, the Las Vegas New Times, Las Vegas City Life, um, the Las Vegas Mercury, rest in peace, all of those, um, the Las Vegas Weekly, was they always had those thick, meaty calendar sections where you can just find out everything that's going on on any given weekend. And, you know, they were far from comprehensive, but it just reflected this vibrant cultural energy of the town. And so I've always missed that listing kind of service. Um, Another sort of answer to that is after we were sort of coming out of lockdown um, and coming out of the worst of COVID, I was just hungry to get out again. And Um, I missed being out and about going to shows, going to art exhibits, going to plays, going to concerts. And so I was just going out a lot. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if I could create a calendar that's easy to read, that's simple to use for me. And I sort of created it as an experiment. And the list.vegas kind of grew out of that because I thought, I bet other people would really enjoy this and would really appreciate it. And so that's sort of the the superhero origin story of the list.vegas. Well, you referenced your earlier work and Las Vegas, although it had a lot going on at the time, compared to now where there's so much more and the development of the arts district and, and just other venues and areas of the valley, as I mentioned in my opening. So now it's even more events and interesting things going on. I guess my thinking, this is just me thinking, if I were to launch this, it would, oh, this is requiring a lot of work. So, you know, that, that leaves me out. But Andrew, you've always been a hard worker. I'm, only, I'm probably the only one that remembers some of the publications you edited in the past for, because I've been around so long, but always enjoyed them. But it does require a lot of work. How did you set up the system so that you can accurately and comprehensively include not everything, because it's impossible for everything, but most things going on in Las Vegas, both for, I'll point out, locals and for visitors, because there's a lot of fascinating things, and I want to get into that with you. There's a lot of fascinating things for 
visitors to do that may, they may not be aware of that are off the strip or away from downtown Las Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so in the development of the list off Vegas, I kind of had, I was kind of at uh, an advantage in that I was born and raised here and my journalistic career kind of went through the arts and entertainment path. And I began as a music critic, a rock and roll critic specifically. And so I had always been in touch with what venues were, you know, were hot and which ones were not, what was new, what was, you know, closing. And so over the years, because I sort of, you know, came through the the cultural channel into, into journalism, I've kept in touch with, you know, out of professional and personal interest, all the cool things that are going on, all the new venues, um, all the schedules. And um, so that's kind of one answer is that I just sort of intuitively have a grasp. And the second answer is I have a lot of bookmarks on my web browser. And it's I'm surprised that my browser actually runs under the incredible weight of the uh, of the bookmarks that I have uh, freighted it with. Um, and so the list of Vegas kind of works, um, you know, based on that bookmark system. And then I have a few ways of, of automatically checking websites where I can quickly go and find items that I think would be of interest to our users, our readers. And also I've got some great help. Um, I, I recently was able to hire um, for the list of Vegas, um, another curator, um, Ginger Muir, who is a longtime journalist here in the Valley who knows her, her specialty areas. And um, yeah, so it's um, it is a lot of work, but it's also fun. And it's really, I've just every day when I get in front of my browser and I'm like, okay, I got to update the, the listings on the list of Vegas. I'm like excited to see what's going on because I find the coolest stuff and I'm discovering new wild, crazy things all the time about this, you know, this vibrant, you know, strange city that we live in. Do you find you're getting, especially with the launch, do you find that you don't have any time to actually go to any of these events? <laughs> or Well, actually, you know what it is? You're, um, you're, you're pretty close because one of the, you've heard of the phrase option paralysis, right? <laughs> right. And my kind of rough goal for the list.vegas is, any given day of the week, I want to give readers three to five options of what they can do. And so that means we generally have about 300 listings active at any given time for the next, I'd say, two, two or three months. And um, yeah, so it's actually very, very difficult to, to uh, choose sometimes. And I have to engage in uh, high-level negotiations with my girlfriend <laughs> to determine what the, what the weekend's festivities will be. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, or I can see you going out with her to an event and carrying your laptop with you and still working. And she turns to you and go, Andrew, stop. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, it's, uh, you know, you could say that I'm always working and that I'm going to these events and, you know, documenting them or bookmarking them. Um, but I love it so much. And, you know, Vegas is my hometown. And so I'm always rooting for it. And I always enjoy, you know, every, every, uh, you know, event I go to, whether it's a you know, cool local theater production or a really cool band downtown. So, yeah. Well, what's nice about it, too, is you also, in addition to listing events that may cost a couple of dollars for admission, there are also free events that go on as well that you have listed. So it's a nice mix, both for, again, the locals and for visitors who may want to see things that they normally don't see when they come to Las Vegas. We don't want to drain any money away from the stripper downtown, <laughs> but still at the same time, it's a nice alternative way of looking at entertainment and fun and just lectures and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because that was a, that was a very perceptive comment. And that kind of gets to the sort of curatorial philosophy of the list.vegas. 
And that is, you know, our, our sort of core focus is the sort of what we traditionally conceive of as arts and culture. So local theater, local fine arts, ballet, classical music. So we try to be fairly comprehensive about that. And then sort of beyond that, you know, the sort of broader entertainment realm, we get a bit more selective and find things that we feel like your, you know, intelligent and attuned person might be curious about. Um, So that gets into, you know, um, rock and roll shows, the jazz and blues scene, which is, you know, really huge here. Uh, electronic dance music events and things like that. And then another sort of element that feeds into our curatorial philosophy is, you know, we kind of have a soft spot for the underdogs. And by that, I mean, you know, venues and creators and promoters who might not have, you know, the budget of a big box venue or a corporate promoter. Um, You know, so many events in, in Vegas, you know, just sort of soak up so much headline space, uh, you know, because they've just got the promotional budgets for it. But there are so many cool shows that are free, that are community-based, you know, at your, you know, at your local library. The libraries are major, you know, cultural, you know, nodes in this town. Right. They have a lot or, of programming um, and a lot centers. of the branches that people don't sometimes aren't aware of. And yeah, that's a great yeah. point. So, my, my one hope for you is that you don't get overly ambitious and start adding feature stories, and all of a sudden it starts to look like a typical publication, as you referenced earlier. I, I, I like the concept of very much, this is a very targeted website, and that's why it's called the list.vegas. In, that, in other words, you're going there to find out what's going on, and you can, you can obviously filter it through various... In fact, talk a, bit, a little bit about how you filter. I mean, there are shows that Ira likes, and you have that set up in, on the filter. I type in on shows that Ira likes, and then there's a list of about three things. And then for everybody else, there's a thousand things. So now how, do you, how do you... I'm yeah. just joking, obviously, but how, how do you filter? Actually, you just gave me a great idea. And there's no reason why we couldn't have sort of guest lists where they say, these are the events I like, and they're easily organized through that tab. So, um, hey, you make it, you, 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 I may be uh, ringing you up for that uh, idea. Yeah. And okay. so, um, the, um, so we have a, a kind of a lot of fun, different ways of filtering and kind of organizing events. Um, but first, I want to rewind quickly to your statement about the simplicity, because I'm, I'm so glad you appreciate that, because the design philosophy and the editorial philosophy is really focused on simplicity. And in the age where we rely on social media as almost kind of like public utilities, right? They kind of do everything for us. They, you know, inform us about events. We get our news from there. We get our, you know, you know, personal relationships from there. And I wanted to create a space where, you know, I, you know, I could sort of control the experience and filter, you know, things for readers in a sense of, you know, curatorial, you know, good faith. And so um, that means a lot that you said that because simplicity, I want to keep it simple and focused and user driven, um, so to speak. Um, As far as the other ways that we kind of like, you know, filter and curate events, um, we have a lot of fun with. Um, And one way we do that is through what we call hot lists. And all hot lists are, are, um, you know, events that are tied together through a season, a particular theme, a particular trend. So for instance, right now we have a a hot list uh, that just focuses on events for Black History Month, which is coming up in February. And there are, you know, community workshops, there are art exhibits, um, there are uh, theater events focused on that. Another hot list we have is, uh, we call it Feel the Love. And we've got all kinds of Valentine's uh, uh, themed concerts, 
Um, everything from, you know, Ch- Chopin concert at the Smith Center to kind of down and dirty uh, Valentine's theme burlesque show um, <laughs> at the Mint Lounge. And so we try to cover it all. And then there we have this crazy uh, electronic dance event that is an anti-Valentine's Day event um, going on as well at the Jackpot Bar and Grill. Um, So that's kind of a fun way. And those are always, you know, good points to check in like, hey, what's going on with, you know, what am I going to do for Valentine's Day? What am I going to do for Lunar New Year um, coming up? So the list.vegas is a great place to just, you know, check in on the front page and get your your event info. I want to point out too, because you're too modest to Andrew. And that is you can actually support the website if you go to the list.vegas and check out ways that you can support this endeavor. And because it's a lot of work, I'm telling you, I, I, that's why I couldn't do it, Andrew. I'm glad you're doing it. Not that you asked me to do it because I couldn't, but uh, it, it's a lot of work. You have the background for it. You have also the focus for it, which is good because, as you mentioned, you have the hot list, but simplicity in a very sophisticated way. I'll put it that way. So you're keeping it simple so that people can know what's going on. They can filter if they need to, and they're not distracted by a hundred other things, which is so easy to do in today's society. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, the list.vegas, we invite member support and, um, you know, the website is free to use. And we also have a free weekly newsletter that users can sign up for. And I don't spam you. Um, I just send out the newsletter, you know, oftentimes newsletters can be sort of like a, you know, a sneaky backdoor to, for people to market, you, right. you know, you and advertise to you. And, and I don't want to abuse, you know, my, my users, you know, trust in that way. So we have the newsletter. So we have a voluntary kind of membership plan where you can, you know, $5 a month um, and you get uh, an added weekly column in the newsletter um, where I kind of go into depth about the historic context of a particular event that I, uh, that I highlight. And I find kind of crazy stories from, from recent Las Vegas history to tell from a kind of insider's perspective. And then you also get um, additional event alerts. And, um, and I'm also working on like, you know, ticket discounts and things like that for members and then um, also, as we as we build out the site, we have other revenue streams that we want to develop to uh, you know kind of diversify you know how we're making money, but while maintaining the simplicity and ease of use that uh, is so important to me, you know, because I'm a user of the site too, so right. it's got to got to remain useful to me. Do you find that because you're at that stage where it's still you're still setting things up, so you're constantly working? Do you find that when you go to bed? that you can't shut off your brain because you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to add this thing to the list. And so you have a little pad next to you and you write that down because you desperately need sleep. So you write it down and you say, I'll get to that tomorrow. I'm not getting out of the bed to put this into the system. I'm writing it down and I'll remember it tomorrow. Yeah. And and, and I will say, you know, I'm sort of always working on this. and um, But it comes from a place of like weirdly obsessive enthusiasm. And, uh, and I almost make, it's almost like a game to me to, to just kind of have my brain around all the cool stuff that's going on. And, um, and then I've enlisted other people into, into this, you know, sort of this sort of mode and they'll text me and it's wonderful to have this network of, of sort of informal curators who will text me or message me and say, this is a cool event. It just, it just needs to be on the list. And um, I love that because, you know, one person can't capture anything. And, you know, in our in our sort of world, you know, plan for world domination, um, <laughs> I would love to have curators who are who, who are specialized in different areas. So, 
like uh, Ginger Muir, for instance, she is my Henderson expert because she knows Henderson. Um, she um, keeps track of like the, the, all the cool stuff going on at the Smith Center. And then she's our person who curates all the cool stuff at the libraries because the libraries are just doing so much. Um, and my goal is to, you know, have independent, you, you know, curators who are, you know, the rock person, right. the, you know, the person who really knows the coolest in jazz and blues um, in, you know, local theater. Right. And um, that's the the plan to kind of, you know, grow the site. So we have these informed experts who are, you know, helping me curate this uh, the site for, for our, our readers. I know it's early days, but have you heard from any people that don't live in Las Vegas yet that found the site before coming to Las Vegas and responded to you and said, hey, I just found this? Have you gotten any of those? I haven't, but um, that's actually a, a really great question because my hope also, you know, the, the the site is, you know, its stated purpose is, you know, to be curated, you know, for locals. But I also think there's sort of this, this added silver lining, and that is it's, you know, anyone can visit the website. And I think it would be great if, you know, tourists, you know, stumble upon the site and discover a whole new side of Las Vegas that right. they would have never experienced if they would just, you know, have, have stayed on, on the strip. And the strip, and we do list, you know, stuff on the strip that is, you know, we find interesting or, or you know, fascinating or, or fun, um, but we're very, you know, targeted with it. And so the strip has, you know, it's a world of entertainment. But I think as our idea of tourism kind of expands, you know, there are conversations we're having about cultural tourism, right. right? You know, out, you know, recreational tourism yeah. that celebrates, you know, Las Vegas's cultural treasures and our, our natural treasures. Um, I've talked, medical, with, you know, I've talked with Marta at UNLV about that subject a couple of times on the show, and it's very important, cultural tourism. So I think that's a natural part of what your site can do is to connect people that way. So that, that's a great idea. Are you surprised being a native Las Vegan and, and spending all these years here in Las Vegas the way the town has grown, are you surprised that occasionally you don't know about an event or a venue that one of your friends or associates or associate curators find and let you know about? Are you surprised that there's still these things you don't know about or haven't found out about yet? I am. I, I, I sort of am surprised, but not at the same time because, and I feel like Vegas right now, I think that there's this collective hunger to get out again. And, you know, interact with humans, you know, participate in culture, see cool shows, catch live music. And every event I go to, there's this sense of, you know, sort of relief, like, you know, we're, we're back to whatever the new normal is. Right. Um, but to your point, there is, yeah, there's just like so much interesting stuff out there that there's also on the sort of supply side, a lot of entrepreneurial energy right now. And um, new new spots are popping up all the time. One that just popped up on my radar that opened recently is a, a jazz club um, called Max and Jazz, and they do they're they're a sushi restaurant that does jazz seven nights a week. Amazing talent, seven nights a week, um, and they just popped up like that on my radar one day and found out about them on Instagram. And I get really excited whenever I'm surprised like that, and uh, to see you know these new sort of blossomings of, of culture happening in the valley. I'm like you in that sense. I heard about Maxim Jazz, and I haven't been there, but I'm always on the lookout for potential guests for the show. And so there's an example of another venue. And I'm like you. I have a bunch of bookmarks, not as many as you, but I have bookmarks for the various venues that I check and see who's going to be there a month from now and whether they'd make an interesting guest. 
Uh, and so it kind of works that way. I could see that. Do you think that, and this is a definitely a great question for Andrew and for you, which are, you are Andrew. Uh, that, that is, I put you in the third person. Last time I checked. Yeah. Put you in the third person for a second. Do you think you can compare Las Vegas and its size to with the number of events we currently have, not 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but today, would you say we have more, I'll use the, the broad term events, but clearly that's entertainment, lectures, etc. Do you think we have more than a, a, a city that has the same comparable population? I, I would actually have to research that to give you like a, you know, a, a sort of serious answer. Um, I can give you my sort of personal anecdotal answer. I'll go with and that. that is, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> my, my purely unevidenced, unscientific <laughs> answer is we have so much going on. I mean, it is. And so my feeling is, is that for a city of our size, especially given and I also kind of factor in the 24 hour nature of Vegas. And that kind of is a is a blade that cuts both ways because it makes people unavailable at traditional times where you would expect, you know, you know, big, big crowds at things. And I guess my, my point is, is that for the amount of stuff going on, um, it really surprises me and heartens me and encourages me about the, you know, the vibrant, you know, cultural life and potential that there, that there is in Vegas as we continue to grow. So um, my feeling is, is that there's no Darth of, you know, fun, interesting, fascinating things to do. From your perspective, again, as a native Las Vegan and also your background in journalism and in cultural reporting, what was the period for you that set off what we're currently at? In other words, was it the explosion of the arts district? Was it East Fremont or Fremont East? Was it something else? Was it the Smith Center? What was it that you realized that we were then at that point going to be expanding our I'll use the term cultural offerings. Wow, that's actually a really interesting question. And um, and I think you just sort of nailed down the premise for a, a fascinating book. <laughs> so, <laughs> and fortunately, I don't have a book length answer for that. But I would say it's a, it's a number of things. And I think we'd have to actually go back to, you know, the 90s. And when um, Oscar Goodman was, you know, ringing the bell for downtown and time you know he, he you know he was listened to he was he was you know listened to with a certain amount of bemusement and amusement right and it was I more, thought it it was, was more that know. than skepticism it was more bemusement i think you're right yeah 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 and you know there are other factors that you know that that created the you know the blossoming downtown that we see so i would say that he was one of the you know one of like the signal you know, figures who, um, you know, help start that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. and I, I do want to say that the arts and culture scene in Vegas, you know, predated sort of the, the official conversations about downtown. So I don't want to discount any of the hardworking gallerists and artists who've been on the ground, you know, building this scene. So I think that really started it. And, you know, Tony Shea, um, you know, as a complex figure, um, you know, he's, he's you know, uh, there are, you know, very polarized opinions about his sort of legacy in Las Vegas. But, you know, on balance, I mean, he brought a magnifying glass to, you know, downtown Las Vegas and he attracted capital. And I think that created, you know, a, a you know, a momentum that we're still seeing. Um, the advent of First Friday from, um, you know, Cindy Funkhauser, who recently passed away. I mean, that was a, a, an ongoing event 
that would just, you know, naturally focus attention on downtown and the art scene and the culture scene. So I think those are just, you know, three, you know, three kind of, uh, you know, factors in uh, in sort of like the, the capital D, you know, downtown as we know it. Parallel question, what accounts for the explosion outside of downtown and the arts district out in the suburbs, including, as you mentioned earlier, Henderson, you're seeing all these different venues and events pop up in areas you normally don't think about as being a focus for that. And the last, I would say, at least five to 10 years, you're, you're seeing more and more of that. Is there a reason for that based, again, on your unresearched, unauthorized answer, but probably fairly close to the mark? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll make several anecdotal guesses. There you go. Um, <laughs> and um, so, I, yeah, I think there's like a, a number of things. Um, and I, I feel like, I, I feel like there is, there, there is this sort of invisible audience of people who have moved to Las Vegas. And I think there are a lot of like remote tech workers who, who uh, work here in, in Las Vegas and are hungry for experiences, uh, you know, from their, you know, places of origin, you know, could be the Bay Area, could be, you know, back east. Um, so I think they are fueling some of the demand for better dining options, mm -hmm. um, you know, quality uh, entertainment, meaningful cultural experiences. And uh, that's purely anecdotal, but I, I go on, you know, social media, on, on Reddit all the time and uh, follow a lot of the conversations on some of the, the uh, Vegas subreddits. And um, it seems to me that there is, you know, almost sort of like this sort of silent market that um, is really kind of demanding those things. I think another factor is, is just um, experiential hunger after, you know, the worst of COVID. And my feeling is, is that people are, you know, getting out with a vengeance um, in, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the best ways. And um, I think, and I think people's taste, you know, both in terms of like, you know, culinary appreciation and, and, you know, and cultural appreciation, it just seems to be getting better. And, you know, we're, I mean, we're a foodie town off the strip now, right. you know, and you can get uh, a dining experience off the strip that is um, as every bit as transcendent as uh, you can, you know, get at a, at a major, you know, resort. Um, so that's kind of, kind of fun too. Before I let you go, the future for the list dot Vegas in two areas. One, are you developing an app that can be used for people who love apps? And then beyond the app, do you, how do you see it down the road two, three, four years from now? Yeah, um, so right now, the, I mean, the website is the app and we have tried to create a mobile experience that is, you know, just as good as, as if you had an app. My initial research into that finds that, you know, there, there's sort of a, a, a sort of a bar to get people to download an app, but um, that is something I'm considering just to give people more options to access it. But um, I'm confident that the mobile browser experience is, um, you know, it's basically like using the app. But um, that is something that I do want to, you know, definitely look into, um, especially I, because I want to go where people are using the, you know, using the, the resource, the list. Sure, you want to give them more um, access. Three, four, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and years down the road, um, so in a way, I'm you know evolving this in in real time, and um, and the list Vegas is you know still growing and changing. Um, I think the core philosophy of you know simple listings that are curated by a human who lives here 
who can be trusted to, you know, tell you what's good, um, I, that will never go away. Um, but as we grow and I get feedback and, um, you know, users, you know, reach out and, and tell me about their experience, um, I'm very interested in, you know, being adaptable and being versatile. So um, it could be everything from, you know, I, I've thought about everything from, wow, what if um, we started hosting live meetups, you know, based around a membership model or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, what does a the list.vegas podcast look like where i'm talking about you know the highlight you know events of that of that week you know things like that so uh so sky's the limit um yeah. but i do want to stick to the the core simplicity of the service because um that's the the best way to serve you know readers in this in this uh in this market well that's a great way to leave it my guest has been andrew corrali he is founder and publisher of the list.vegas for everything about the list you go to the list.vegas and you can follow them also on instagram andrew thanks for being on the show thank you so much ira i had a blast me too see you next time you've been listening to talk about las vegas with ira each week ira david sternberg talks with the celebrities entertainers writers and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.